Welcome to Prostate Cancer and You, a podcast produced by the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition. The mission, to educate, connect, and support men at risk, newly diagnosed individuals, survivors, and their families. We also connect organizations and professionals in Massachusetts seeking to conquer and cure prostate cancer. Hi there, my name is Jordan Rich, and today we welcome back Londi Maduro, an independent filmmaker who, a few years back, produced an impactful documentary called The Silent Killer, Prostate Cancer in the African-American Community. Londi is the CEO of the production company Blue Child Entertainment and founder and president of Women of Color Filmmakers. Londi, what led you to the production of this documentary? Uh, a friend of mine who is also a filmmaker came to me and he was telling me how his father and brother had prostate cancer and he knew he was at risk, but no one was talking about it. And he was like, man, I've learned that this is very prominent in the African-American community. More black men are getting it at younger ages and more aggressive forms of disease, but no one's talking about it. I want to do a movie. And so uh, his name's Chris Edwards. Chris was like, we should, you know, go to churches and and um, go to football games and talk to men. And I said, I think that would be good. But I really feel like men get um, more involved when they see themselves. And so I felt like it would be a little um, stronger if we interviewed men from different walks of life and showed how they dealt with prostate cancer when they got diagnosed. And man, was that effective. Yeah. So. We started researching, looking for participants, and then about six months in, my father got diagnosed with prostate cancer. So the irony of it was just crazy. It was like, here, I'm working on this movie, and now my dad has prostate cancer. You know, when people put together a film, there's often a construct, a screenplay, a direction, a storyboard, and all that. Did you have that in place, or was it the kind of thing as a documentary sometimes goes, you had to sort of take what came? How How did it all come together? Sure. So I definitely had an outline. Like once we, like I said, it takes about six months of research. So um, I had an outline. I knew the direction I wanted to go. But to your point with documentaries, you have to be open because you'll interview someone and they'll tell you something that you can't find in your research. And it just takes you to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. So uh, and that definitely happened when we interviewed. uh, We interviewed three big pastors in the Houston, Texas area, and they really brought in this whole spiritual aspect, which for many people of color, the spiritual aspect is very significant. And Mm -hmm. so that definitely was something I wanted to incorporate since we were targeting a specific group of people. Um, But you do have to be open when you're doing a documentary like this to whatever someone may say that you find to be very poignant and can really help with your storyline, your overall story. Well, you're a filmmaker and a very good one, and you're thinking about what is going to work aesthetically as well as content-wise. So it's an interesting balance. Was it difficult to attract men to participate? Or once you laid out the project to the people you were going to try to reach, did they come along willingly? You know, once a a gentleman is diagnosed with prostate cancer and they've accepted that diagnosis and they are in the process of healing and things of that nature, they're more open to talk about it. So I didn't really have a hard time getting uh, men to participate or wanting to share their stories, to be honest. It's harder to get them to come see the movie (laughs) when they think that it doesn't pertain to them. But most of the men that we approach, like almost everyone said yes. I can't think of anyone who, um, unless they were like first diagnosed and still Mm -hmm. trying to process Um, But even my father agreed to be in the movie, Mm. Uh, you know, once he was diagnosed, he is in the movie and we kind of followed his journey dealing with prostate cancer. So that wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. 
What were the uh, the thoughts you had going in? What did you expect to encounter and what surprised you when you started doing the work? For me, what surprised me is how many men didn't know much about their bodies or about their prostates or the function of the prostate. Um, you know, we, to be kind of add some levity to the film, we walked Melrose here in uh, Los Angeles and just walked up to random people and asked them, did they know where their prostates were? And most of them had to stop and think, what is a prostate? Mm. <laughs> that was very fascinating to me how many men just didn't know. Here is something that almost all men are going to have to deal with at some point in their life. But the majority of them had no idea where the prostate lived in their body or how it functioned or how they would be affected by this. So I found that very, very interesting. And it made me want to um, uh, really dive deep into educating men about their bodies uh, to the best of my ability, you know, from my research. It really made me want to do that. I'm glad these men were willing to come forward, including your dad. We here in this podcast are thankful for Blue Earth Diagnostics' support, and they've retained you as a Blue Earth Diagnostic Compensated Patient Engager. There's a lot to fit in a business card. What does that mean, Lundy, please? <laughs> so basically, I do advocacy work with Blue Earth. Um, I'm definitely out in the community sharing uh, about prostate cancer and the amazing things that Blue Earth Diagnostics does. Like, for me, an ex a great example is like with my father, not only was he diagnosed with prostate cancer, he chose active surveillance. So because of that, um, they were doing an amazing new technology. And through that, they learned that my dad had pancreatic cancer now. Ooh. And if it wasn't for the work that Blue Earth does and the diagnostic studies they do and all the amazing new technologies that are making it much easier for patients to be diagnosed earlier, I know that's what saved my father's life. So I have really enjoyed sharing the work that Blue Earth does. And I am so grateful that they are so willing to have people like me go out into the community and advocate for education for the new things that are up and available for patients for new diagnostic studies that are available. Can you talk about the rollout of the film and also we'll explain how it can be seen by people and why it should be seen, but how did it roll out originally? Wow. So that took us a while. We were self-funded. So it took us six years to make the movie. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I'm glad because we were able to continue to follow the gentlemen and, and their journeys with prostate cancer. Um, and then when it came out, I realized that, you know, I'm a filmmaker. My community in regards to this was very small. I didn't know how to get this out to the people that really needed it. So I decided to reach out to as many nonprofits, prostate cancer organizations that I could find in hopes that, you know, they could help me with screenings or maybe they could host a screening or if they had access to more funding so we could do a tour with the film because that's what we really wanted to do. And man, like the organizations that came in and were so supportive because they realized that film was a great way to connect with men because it is hard to get men to participate in roundtable discussions and things regarding prostate cancer. They just don't want to talk about it. So they realized that the film was a great way and we got so much support and that just opened the doors on a national level. And then the more I started meeting these different uh, men and working with these organizations and seeing the disparities in some of the healthcare that was available to them, the more I became an advocate, not just a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So it has truly opened 
a lot of doors. We have screened all over the United States and in um, Bermuda. (laughs) And we have screened for the Congressional Black Caucus. And now the film is available for everyone. So so you can uh, watch it for free on Tubi TV. So that's T-U-B-I TV or uh, rent or purchase on Amazon Prime. Let's talk for a moment about the art and the power of storytelling, because this is what you do. I mean, independent films are the lifeblood, as far as I'm concerned. They see some of the best product out there when they're coming from indies who are doing such great work. But how do you explain the power, the allure of good storytelling on film? It's the great American art form, but how do you justify it in your mind? For me, it's about connection. You know, when people watch, especially documentaries, they have to connect to it in some way. And I think we as humans are natural voyeurs, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, to see someone um, live their life, uh, achieve great feats, it inspires us, right? To see someone battle something like prostate cancer and find hope in it and find, you know what, I can make it, I can do this, Um, especially if they got a stage three or four diagnosis and we know that it's spread, yet they're still pushing forward. It gives you hope that, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. They come from the same background as me. They look like me. And so film is a great medium to really uh, show the human condition and to show how amazingly powerful humans are. And I think that if more, you know, if there were more health-based films, you'd be surprised how many people don't know much about, like I said, their bodies, um, don't know much about how they can overcome certain things when they hear cancer, you hear cancer and you're like, okay, that's it, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Or how long do I got doc? But there's so much more that, that can be done if you're diagnosed early. And so showing this through film, just helps people really see the bigger picture. Right. And and we are in the golden age of documentaries. I mean, you can just tune into any streaming service and see a doc on almost any subject. And so many of them, I'd say the majority of them are very creative. And that's one of the goals you're uh, espousing. And you teach this, how to not just inform, but entertain at the same time. Yes. Well, yeah, because no one wants to sit and watch an interview for one and a half hours. Like we call those talking heads, right? You don't want to watch that. So how can I make this interesting? How can I, you know, add some artistry to it? Not just focusing on the interview portion, but really drawing you in with seeing the environment, looking at the location, looking at the little nuances. You know, when when most of the time when people are talking um, and they're nervous or things like that, they may fidget in certain ways. How can I get a little bit of that? Because that adds some humanism, you know, if that's a word, <laughs> to to the movie, and it helps people connect. And also, like I said, adding some levity. Can you add something that's kind of funny? Having that Melrose thing that we did when we were walking down the street asking random people. We asked men and women just to see. And it was funny. You know, it was really cute. And then the, the person who was the host of our film, Rico Ross... He walked up to a, a, a pit bull and said, do you know where your prostate is? So it added some some fun. <laughs> and whenever people watch that in the film after, you know, kind of being sad, hearing someone's story, then they can laugh and be like, OK, that's that's pretty hilarious. So finding those moments so that you're not weighing down your audience with all this mm. heavy information, but also uh, showing, look, yes, this is a serious topic, but not everything has to be doom and gloom. We can add some levity as well. 
I want to also say kudos to you, Lundy, for breaking through a couple of glass ceilings. You're a woman writer, director, producer in the film industry and quite successful. And you're also a woman of color. I like to think the industry is opening up to all kinds of creative people from all different walks of life. You know, it is starting to be a, a definitely a growing opportunity, Phil. I can say with the film, for the film, for The Silent Killer, I've attracted people that I, get, I just am blown away by the interest. I'm also blown away. You know, this movie came out in 2017 and in 2020, well, now 2024, but in 2023, like it just had this resurgence of people wanting to see it. So that tells me that there's still a great need for film to help make change. Um, as for having more women of color in the film industry, that's also one of my passions. I run a nonprofit called Women of Color Filmmakers. So I help women uh, find their um, their careers in film and television through networking and skill building and learning how to be really good storytellers cinematically. So that's definitely one of my passions. And um, by doing this film, it has allowed me to help other people who want to make documentaries in the healthcare space um, to show them how it's possible that you don't have to take six years like I did. Right? There are ways that you can make your film and, and get the right people attracted so that uh, it can be made quicker and reach have a wider reach. And podcasts like this one, which have listeners all over the world, I mean, you can be from anywhere and tune in. And these kinds of things are a great way to uh, cross-promote. And that's what we're doing here today, cross-promoting this outstanding film, which has garnered a lot of attention, but there could always be more attention garnered. So that's what we're looking to do. We want to highlight the film and let people know. Is there a direct website for the film you'd like to give us? Sure. Uh, the direct website is the Silent Killer doc.com. TheSilentKillerDOC.com. Prostate cancer in the African-American community. It is a problem gone unaddressed by so many, but you came along and are now addressing it as well as anybody. Can't thank you enough, Lundy. It's great to see you again, and we wish you the best, and we'll see you at the Oscars one of these days real soon. Oh, yes. From your lips to God's ears. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to Londi Maduro, her documentary, The Silent Killer, Prostate Cancer in the African-American Community. You can go to silentkillerdoc.com. Our thanks as well to Blue Earth Diagnostics for sponsoring this podcast. We want to remind you to find out more about our spring symposium on May 17th. For more details, listeners can email info at masspcc.org. Details will also be available on our website by mid-February. To learn more about the Mass Prostate Cancer Coalition events, resources, other podcasts, or to join the organization, get all the details at masspcc.org. Once again, masspcc.org. This is Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening, and be well.